One part of these, which it has been said that the Gauls occupy, takes its beginning at the river Rhone. It is bounded by the river Garonne, the ocean and the territories of the Belgi. It borders too on the side of the Sequani and the Helvetii, upon the river Rhine, and stretches towards the north. The Belgi rise from the extreme frontier of Gaul, extend to the lower part of the river Rhine, and look towards the north and the rising sun. Aquitania extends from the river Garonne to the Pyrenean Mountains, and to that part of the ocean which is near Spain. It looks between the setting of the sun and the north star. 2. Among the Helvetii, Orgetorix was by far the most distinguished and wealthy. He, when Marcus Massala and Marcus Piso were consuls, incited by lust of sovereignty, formed a conspiracy among the nobility, and persuaded the people to go forth from their territories with all their possessions, saying that it would be very easy, since they excelled all in valour, to acquire the supremacy of the whole of Gaul. To this he the more easily persuaded them, because the Helvetii are confined on every side by the nature of their situation. On one side by the Rhine, a very broad and deep river, which separates the Helvetian territory from the Germans. On a second side by the Jura, a very high mountain, which is situated between the Sequani and the Helvetii. On a third by the Lake of Geneva, and by the River Rhone, which separates our province from the Helvetii. From these circumstances it resulted that they could range less widely, and could less easily make war upon their neighbours for which reason men fond of war, as they were, were affected with great regret. They thought that, considering the extent of their population, and their renown for warfare and bravery, they had but narrow limits, although they extended in length 240, and in breadth 180 Roman miles. 3. Induced by these considerations, and influenced by the authority of Orgetorix, they determined to provide such things as were necessary for their expedition, to buy up as great a number as possible of beasts of burden and wagons, to make their sowings as large as possible, so that on their march plenty of corn might be in store, and to establish peace and friendship with the neighbouring states. They reckoned that a term of two years would be sufficient for them to execute their designs. They fix by decree their departure for the third year. Orgetorix is chosen to complete these arrangements. He took upon himself the office of ambassador to the states. On this journey he persuades Casticus, the son of Catamantalides, one of the Sequani, whose father had possessed the sovereignty among the people for many years, and had been styled friend by the senate of the Roman people, to seize upon the sovereignty in his own state, which his father had held before him and he likewise persuades Dumnerix, an Aedian, the brother of Davitiacus, who at that time possessed the chief authority in the state, and was exceedingly beloved by the people, to attempt the same, and gives him his daughter in marriage. He proves to them that to accomplish their attempts was a thing very easy to be done, because he himself would obtain the government of his own state. That there was no doubt that the Helvetii were the most powerful of the whole of the Gaul, he assures them that he will, with his own forces and his own army, acquire the sovereignty for them. Incited by this speech, they give a pledge and oath to one another, and hope that, when they have seized the sovereignty, they will, by means of the three most powerful and valiant nations, be enabled to obtain possession of the whole of Gaul. 4. When this scheme was disclosed to the Helvetii by informers, they, according to their custom, compelled Orgetrix to plead his cause in chains. 
It was the law that the penalty of being burned by fire should await him if condemned. On the day appointed for the pleading of his cause, Orgetrix drew together from all quarters to the court all his vassals to the number of ten thousand persons, and led together to the same place, and all his dependents and debtor bondsmen, of whom he had a great number. By means of these he rescued himself from the necessity of pleading his cause. While the state, incensed at this act, was endeavouring to assert its right by arms, and the magistrates were mustering a large body of men from the country, Orgetrix died, and there is not wanting a suspicion, as the Helvetii think, of his having committed suicide. 5. After his death, the Helvetii nevertheless attempt to do that which they had resolved on, namely, to go forth from their territories. When they thought that they were at length prepared for this undertaking, they set fire to all their towns, in number about twelve. 